This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. I have tried to, in simplicity, bring our attention to what faith is, according to the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says that, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. And I, I went on to indicate that a faith is the evidence of things not seen or the conviction of the your belief in the unseen world. Then it must have a manifestation. And James chapter 2 tells us that faith must have works. Otherwise, it is dead. And I went on to draw your attention to the fact that it is your faith that links you to the unseen world. In other words, the invisible world. And I drew your attention that up until now, we have been deceived. Or the world attempts to tell us that all that there is, is all that is, is seen, is heard, is tasted, is touch or smell. But the Bible tells us clearly that there is more to that than just what these senses can give us. The Bible tells us that God, the invisible things of God, is seen by the things that were created. In other words, God is part is in the realm that we cannot that cannot be perceived with our five natural senses it takes faith to see into the invisible and therefore without faith we are limited in the information we can have without faith all that we will know is what our five senses can give to us. And obviously, if you have to deduce steps or you have to make choices based on partial information, you are very likely to make the wrong choice because you would not have considered all the factors and all the truth or all the facts that are there to make a decision. And that is why without faith, you cannot overcome the world. Because without faith, what the world tells you is what you will know. And by it, you'll be deceived to walk 
and to do things in ways that only leads you to distraction. That is why the book of Proverbs tells us that there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. What it tells us that the way seemeth right to a man because man without Jesus Christ operates by his five senses. So based on his five senses, the conclusion is this is the right route. But unfortunately, he would discover only at the end that it was the wrong road. And therefore, faith is very essential for anybody who would walk with God and for anybody who would be blessed by God. We should never expect the world to teach us and to applaud us for having faith. Because faith is what defeats the world. And how do you expect what is fighting you to applaud you for having what can defeat it? It never makes sense. And therefore, we should not, if the world looks at us who have faith, as if we, we, we've lost it. It, 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 it is the right way for it to look at us. And therefore, we should never be moved by what they conclude about us who have faith. Because it is by our faith that we overcome the world. The Bible says that this is our victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Our faith. And therefore, we have to pray always for our faith never to fail. And we have to invest in exercising our faith so that it will be stronger and stronger and stronger because by our faith we overcome the world by our faith we have victory and so this morning i need to draw your attention that your faith is the evidence of things not seen in other words your faith is the evidence of the god who cannot be seen your faith is the evidence of the holy spirit who cannot be seen your faith is the evidence of your spirit that cannot be seen your faith is the evidence of the angelic world that exists we cannot see all these things with our ears we cannot see with our eyes we cannot smell them we cannot taste them we cannot touch them in 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 arranging in terms of the order how much information we receive from these senses you realize that touch gives us a little information taste also gives us a little information smell makes us also gives us an information that is a bit further the ears gives us an information that is quite far away but the eyes give us the, the, the most distant information. The eye sees before the ear hears. And therefore, and yet all in all this, they are limited. They are bound. Because there is a realm that is invisible. And as we, can, as we even can experience, 
the current virus that is wrecking havoc. We wish we could see it and arrest it, but we don't even know when it enters into us. We don't even know how it enters. We say we have to clean our hands, we have to wash our hands and all these things. But the question is, as we see certain people being affected by this virus in high places, you want to ask yourself, is it only by touching? Is it only by sanitizing, cleaning our hands, or, or not cleaning our hands that the virus comes into contact with us? No, there must be another way, which is airborne. And the question is, even when it's airborne, how far and how long does it stay in the air? Obviously, this virus has characteristics that is a little bit, we are yet to discover it. It's not the normal ones we know. Looking at the rate at which it's being transmitted and where it, it goes. When presidents and world leaders start having it, then you know that this virus is, has no, is no respecter of person. It has capabilities beyond ordinary or other viruses that we have known. And therefore, it is, it is important for us to understand that it's not everything that there is that we can see. It's not everything that there is that we can hear. It's not everything that there is that we can touch or smell or taste. There is more than these senses can see. And thank God, had it not been for the development of the electron microscope and other ways of detecting the presence of certain things, we would never have known or seen even this virus. So in the same way, up until the invention of electron microscope, we would have said there's no virus. But now, with invention of electron microscope, we know that there's virus. So many of the things we say, the world tells us is not there. It's not true. It's because it has not developed the ability to perceive it. And the invisible realm is not perceived in the natural. It's perceived in the invisible and your faith, my faith, is what leads us into that realm. And I pray that through the word of God, we would grow stronger in our faith. Especially in these times, that our faith will not fail us. Amen. According to the scriptures, again, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, Paul says that the things that are seen are temporary. In other words, whatever we, the world we can see with our eyes, they are temporary compared to what we cannot see. Now, this is very important because if life is made up of choices and decisions, then we need to choose and we need to decide based on the whole spectrum of facts that are available. Now, if the things that are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal, then we need to factor the things that are not seen into our choices, into our efforts, into our, the investment of our time and our lives. Because when it's all said and done, even our bodies, our bodies that we see, that we feel, that we cherish would only last for a short time. 
It's very short time. Not all will go to 70. Not all will go to 90. Not all will go to 100. I pray that you in particular will cross 70 with ease in Jesus' name. But having said that, we know that under a tree, green leaves fall, and so do also brown leaves. Therefore, not all would make it. And yet, we spend so much time investing in what is temporary and neglect what is eternal, be it our spirit and our soul. Therefore, this is an important season for us to, to, to re-evaluate our efforts and where it's directed to so that we can direct it to that which is eternal. And thank God that by his spirit, he would guide us, he will lead us to what is eternal and what is valuable, what would be a blessing and what will bring us joy. Hallelujah. Now, I, I've also mentioned that the things that are seen are a hindrance to our focus on the things that are not seen. Because they are seen, because we can perceive them, they seem to have a louder voice to detect where we should go, what we should do. And therefore, in the process, they rob us of investing in the part of us which will allow us greater access into the unseen world and to release into our life greater power to overcome the darkness of this world, to overcome the evil of this world. And therefore, it is, it is important for us to be aware, be aware the danger of focusing on the things that are seen because it causes us to neglect what we should not neglect. It makes us to neglect our acknowledgement of God and developing and therefore developing our relationship and fellowship with him. It also makes us to neglect or not to give attention to his work in our lives. The work, there is the work of God in our lives, which many of us don't give attention to, which many of us don't spend time on. And therefore, it, it limits how much is accomplished in us. And it also makes us neglect the help that we need most in our lives. The help of God, the power of God, the goodness of God, the mercies of God, the grace of God. Because all the things that we will receive of God would be by His Spirit. The greatest love, the greatest, or the, the greatest expression of grace to us is the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise as Jesus said and you will receive the promise of the Father who is the Spirit of God himself to come and dwell with you and to come and dwell in you so that God will be in our midst and we would overcome every work of darkness. This is very important for us to understand and, and, and 
therefore to shift our eyes from the things that are seen unto the things that are not seen through our faith now today i want to share with us on the subject of building our faith building our faith because unless we invest to build our faith in other words to make our faith stronger through the exercise of it and through the connection to the one who is able to perfect our faith unless we invest or we focus on doing it many things can easily cause our faith to fail and make us turn the wrong road we see an example of peter up until now peter was okay with jesus when jesus was around peter was fine he always chose and believed jesus and followed jesus even through his commitment and for whatever reason god chose to reveal the person of jesus through him when he gave the answer that thou art the christ the son of the living god and god jesus said flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you but by my, my father which is in heaven this is it's, it's a wonderful thing that peter was with jesus and heaven spoke with peter about who jesus is and it's wonderful but yet this same person his faith failed him even after that immediate revelation of who jesus is because he did not fix his eyes on things that are not seen but on things that are seen he he immediately started to rebuke jesus when jesus was talking to him about the death that must be accomplished he said no you can't die why did peter say to jesus you can't die because peter understood death at the level of his five senses you can't die you can't suffer you can't go through all the things you are saying because he didn't see the invisible aspect the unseen aspect of christ's death that by his death he would have he would gain access to the place where he would defeat satan up until now satan has been engaging jesus in the world but not at his headquarters where he holds prisoners captive but because peter interpreted death of jesus in just in the realm of the scene the things that are seen he said no you would it is it, it will not happen to you and jesus had to rebuke him and tell that this way of thinking and what you are saying actually favors satan and not god because you are looking at only the world that is seen that is that is the basis upon which you are evaluating what i'm telling you and at this point in the same way peter got it wrong many of us as christians also get many things that god is doing in our life wrong because we evaluate it 
only on the, on, in the realm of things that are seen. We evaluate most of the things in the realm of the things that are seen. And therefore, we start to rebuke things that are meant to even take us higher. We start to reject things that are meant to even answer our prayers. We start to, to run away from things that are meant to cause our lives to be heroic or a great blessing to humanity. You know, you can see clearly that Abraham did not look at things that are seen when he was tempted to sacrifice his son Isaac. He did not look at things that are seen. But he looked beyond things that are not seen. Or he looked beyond things that are seen into the things that are not seen. And that made it possible for him to do what God asked him to do. Many of us would have failed that test very seriously. Because you are asking me, after much struggle and after many years, you are asking me to go and put to death that which you have given me. It cannot be. But you see, Abraham had faith in God. Even though he could not see God, but saw angels and heard from God instructions, he did not evaluate the instruction to go and sacrifice Isaac only in the natural, but he included the spiritual component that if this is the God that has made me to have a child at a time when all natural functions that leads to having a child has ceased, then this same God, if he's asking me to do away with what he has given me, can give me another one if it pleases him and if that is what he wants to do. And that was counted unto Abraham as righteousness. That led to God calling Abraham my friend. That led to God making an oath with Abraham and telling him that in blessing, I will bless you. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Therefore, in your life, you can see clearly that many of the decisions you have taken, many of your reactions has been by you evaluating them, assessing them according to the things that are seen and not including the things that are not seen. That is why it's very important to build our faith because our faith is the evidence of the things that are not seen. And when your faith is built, your evaluations, your conclusions will be complete, will be real, will be appropriate. And like Abraham did, unlike Peter, after having received such a wonderful revelation, who would have imagined that he would quickly change? He would quickly change. And start to rebuke Jesus. Because he was evaluating the death, the suffering, the pain of Jesus in the realm of things that are seen. And obviously, if that was his evaluation, and if that is my evaluation, how can I say to my, the one who loved me, the one who, through whom I've become important, how can I say that he should go and die? Then what becomes of me after I have left all and followed him? But you see, Jesus, Jesus knew that 
his death on the cross was not going to be the end because he was connected to the invisible he was connected he knew more than peter knew and therefore even though he felt the agony he felt the pain in his body his five senses gave him the message that this is a very difficult task he included the information in the realm of the unseen in the invisible realm he included it in drawing a conclusion when he prayed and said not my will but let your will be done because i know everything that you have planned to do my faith my ability to see beyond the natural is is making me evaluate that your will is what will be established or what must be established and therefore he changes prayer to thy will be done thy will be done and the bible says that because he could see beyond the cross he was able to endure the cross because on the cross was pain on the cross was rejection on the cross was despisement but the bible says that because he could see beyond the cross he endured this and he despised the shame and at the end he was victorious over the work of satan and was able to set captives free he was able to open the way by which you and i can return to god the god who loved us our father and we thank him for that and the bible says that he jesus in john chapter 8 is our light of this life by him we would not walk in darkness by him we would not draw a conclusion based on half information by him our decisions and our conclusion will include the seen and the unseen world and that is why the bible tells us in hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 and verse 2 that looking wherefore laying aside every weight let's read hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 it says wherefore see we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witness let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us and then it tells us something to do remember that all this portion of the scripture is talking about faith and you know when you are as i'm speaking now there are no chapters there are no paragraphs in in, in my speaking but when it is written for the sake of order and for ease of reference and to locate portions and things it will be put into paragraphs expressing different segments of the ideas that i'm sharing and that's the same thing that is with the bible 
So the Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 is a continuation of Hebrews chapter 11. It's a continuation of Hebrews chapter 10 where we started hearing that the just shall live by faith. So now we are being told and being taught how to be able to run the race. We are being told and we are being taught how to be able to build our faith by directing us to the author and the finisher of our faith. So verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who? For the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. Despising the shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne. Of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners. Against himself. Lest ye be worried and faint in your mind. But the verse 2 is what I want us to look at carefully. It says that we should look unto Jesus. Who is the author? Who is the beginner? Who is the initiator of our faith? And who will perfect it? Who will perfect it? So we see clearly that the Bible is telling and showing us how our faith can be built and be perfected. Not by doing anything funny. It says that the New Living Translation says, verse 1 of chapter 12 in the New Living Translation says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Anything that hinders you. Anything that is slowing you down in your walk with God. Anything that is distracting you. Which often are the things that are seen. And it says, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And this is what it says. It says, we do this. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. We do this. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Not our eyes on our personal ambitions. Not our eyes on the pride of this life. Not our eyes on the things of this world. The last of the, not our eyes on any of these things, but rather our eyes on Jesus. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding his shame. You know, that is to tell us that Jesus, the cross was not a comfortable place. The cross did not give him a message of comfort. 
The cross did not give him a message of glory. It gave him a message of shame. Because the Bible says, Curse or cursed be he that hangs on a tree. He did not die an honorable death. He died a death of the unrighteous, the cursed person. But the Bible says, because of what he knew, beyond the five senses, it made it possible for him to go through it. And it is only he who can perfect our faith. And he says that, he says, let us strip off every way that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us. And let us run with patience the race God has said before. We do this, we do this, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects, who initiates and perfects our faith. You cannot build your faith without focusing on Jesus. You cannot build your faith without focusing on Jesus. You may focus on anything, but that whatever thing you focus on must lead you to focus on Jesus. That is why Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. Jesus Christ is the author, the initiator, and the perfecter of our faith. And, and unless our focus is on him unless Jesus preoccupies us in in thought in every way our faith will not be strong most of us think of Jesus only on Sunday morning when the pastor mentions Jesus but I'm here to present to you and I'm here to let you know something Unless you focus on Jesus, your faith will not be perfected. Your faith will not mature. Unless you focus on Jesus, your walk with God will be a failure. There are many things that have come into our lives which indirectly have become distractions, has become something that takes our focus of Jesus. Something that takes our focus of Jesus. But this morning, as I share with you the word of God, I want to tell you something. Unless you focus on Jesus, unless you focus on Jesus, your faith that would give you the victory will not be perfected. Your faith that will cause you to overcome the world and have victory over Satan will not be perfected. 
Hear everything that you need to hear. But first, hear about Jesus. Think everything you want to think on. But first, think on Jesus. Read everything you want to read. But first, read Jesus. Read Jesus. That is why the parts of the scriptures that emphasizes Jesus, particularly the four Gospels, are very important. Because all the rest talk about Jesus. But it is only Jesus that talks to you. The rest of the Bible talks about Jesus. The Old Testament, the epistles, they, tell, they, they expound on the things Jesus has said. But the Gospels are very important. Now, unfortunately, many of us have invested so much money, so much money in educating ourselves in different fields of this life. But find it almost impossible to invest in learning, hearing, and looking unto Jesus. Most people will spend money to buy the, the most expensive phone, would buy the most expensive car, but would have a very cheap Bible. A very cheap Bible. Listen to me. Every Bible is not a good Bible that will help you to overcome the difficulties of your flesh in reading the Bible. I've always used this example and I'll keep on using it until it sinks into your spirit. A student's primary job, somebody who is studying, a student's primary job is to study. That is to read. Now I want to ask you, how are the textbooks of the students presented? The human being has studied the obstructions and the obstacles that make reading difficult. And therefore, the textbooks are designed to overcome the flesh as it relates to reading in in the way it is presented now sadly i say this without fear or favor sadly we christians in the name of making the bible available have printed Bibles in a form and in a fashion that is so hard to read. What is the use of a Bible that is not read? What is the use of a Bible that is not read? 
Therefore, you who are hearing me today, I want to give you one advice. Spend money to buy a good Bible. A Bible that the presentation of it allows you to read, number one. Or encourages you to read. Not a Bible that everything is clustered together and just the sight of the page alone puts you to sleep. Some of you say that when I read the Bible, I sleep. Of course, why would you not sleep? Because the way it is presented, it only takes a certain type of person to be able to read it. And that is the Bible you have. So why would you not sleep? You will sleep. Go to the bookshops. Look for a Bible that is presented in a readable way. In a way that encourages your eyes. Because remember that in as much as we are to operate in the world which is not seen. We use the world which is seen to operate in the world which is not seen. As I'm speaking to you now, I'm speaking the truth of the word of God. But I'm using gadgets and things that are seen. I'm not preaching to you in the spirit. I'm not in the spirit preaching to you. I'm preaching to you using cameras, using Bibles that I can read with my eyes, not with my spirit. So in the same way, you need to spend money to buy a good Bible that is presented in the form and fashion that will allow you to read it for a long time. For a long time. As a young child, when I was schooling, when I decided to be serious in my studies, sometimes I'll sit down for five hours from 12 midnight to 5 a.m. studying. That is how come I, I came to where I am. I didn't sleep. So in the same way, if you want to look unto Jesus and to hear what Jesus is saying and to allow the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to behold wondrous things out of the law of the Lord, then just as those who, whose eyes become red are those who tarry long at the wine, in the same way, for you to hear the word of God, you must also tarry long at the word of God. Don't believe anybody that tells you 10 minutes reading of your Bible is enough. Listen, sometimes our wisdom makes us do things and say things that only advances the work of the devil. Because our wisdom is not from above. It's human wisdom. Not a wisdom from above. If Jesus says that if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Who are we to say that, you know, we can rearrange it, you don't really have to carry your cross. The most important thing is to just, you know, just, just uh, uh, show up at the, at the last minute. Or the most important thing is to get a few people. You can, you, can, you can come together and have 10 of you carrying one cross so that it makes it easy. This is the wisdom of the world. This is the wisdom of the world. It's not the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is you have to carry your own cross. Let us not try to water down the gospel 
in the name of reaching out to many more people. It is, it is our laziness and our non-willing to pay the price that is leading us to do all these things. At the end of it, the products that comes out of our lives would accomplish nothing, will not change the world. They will not survive anything. So I'm here to tell you that if you say you are a Christian and you really want to build your faith, then please, there's a price to pay. You need to tarry long at the word. Don't believe anybody that tells you that 10 minutes reading of the scriptures will make you a strong Christian, would make you somebody who will walk in the blessings of the Lord. It's a lie. It's a lie. Because nobody becomes anything, any field, be it an architect, be it a lawyer, be it a pharmacist, be it whatever you want to call it, even be it a dancer. You, you don't dance for 10 minutes to be a dancer. What do you do for 10 minutes? That turns you into something. What do you do for 10 minutes? That turns you into something. Apart from a few other things, that only leads to your death. For 10 minutes, yes, those ones can lead to your death. But anything that will make you into something, uh, it needs more than 10 minutes. It needs more than 20 minutes. It needs more than one hour. Hallelujah. So I'm telling you, and I'm saying it clearly, that if we have to build our faith, then we need to tarry long at the word. And to tarry long at the word demands you to have something that would encourage you to tarry long at the word. And therefore, you need to buy a good Bible. And even in the good Bible, in terms of its presentation, you also need to buy a Bible that can explain things to you. Because it's not every time when you are busy reading, you, you, you have to call somebody to, every two seconds you're on your phone. What is the meaning of this? What's the meaning of No, it's not like that. You need to buy a good Bible, a study Bible, a Bible that gives you background information, a Bible that gives you commentary, a Bible that, that highlights the things in a way that you can understand. Especially as a young Christian that is growing in faith. Hallelujah. So this is very important. You need to buy a good Bible. Secondly, you need to also hear preachings and revelations of people about Jesus and into the things that Jesus said. In other words, you need to give yourself to listen to preaching. To listen to preaching. One of the greatest things that happened to me when I joined the church in which I'm a pastor today is the, the, the encouragement the drive, the motivation for us to listen to preaching. Because I tell you, I didn't know most of the things. But through listening to preaching, I have grown in my walk with God. And the Bible says faith. Faith. Which we want to build. Faith. The faith we want to build. Romans 10, 17 says faith. Faith. Not, 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 not the pastor. It says faith. It comes by hearing. And by hearing the word of God. Those of us who want to hear everything by the word of God. It's funny how we are happy to always tune into FMs. Discussing so many issues that are very frivolous. And that 
only lead us to discouragement. And meanwhile, the same us will not want to be playing, preaching messages all over the place. It's like we went to church on Sunday and it's enough. Meanwhile, you the same person can speak to somebody who you want to get close to for hours on ending. You go on night shift and you'll be talking for free in those times. I don't know if those things are still there. Where free night calls. Instead of sleeping, you'll be talking to somebody for two hours, three hours. And you do it daily. And you don't understand why you must hear the word of God every day. And you must not wait to hear the word of God only when you go to church. By the grace of God and through human ingenuity, we have the ability to hear the word of God all the time. Everywhere. Anytime. Even when you are sleeping, the word of God can be playing in your room. So don't wait to only hear the word of God on Sunday if you want to build your faith. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. And listen to preaching that expound, that talks about the words of Jesus and how it relates to your life. Listen to preaching that does not reduce the things that Jesus said into just natural things. The things that Jesus said into natural things. I mean, that reduced preaching into natural, all about you is receive it, get a car, get a house. Listen, listen. Even now, you can see that a house, a car, and all those things that you have been chasing after, unless God has given us life, all those things are useless. They are only useful because you are alive. They are only useful because things are going on normal. As we now see, even if you have seven cars, parked in your house unless you are one of the essential workers you have no reason to drive it where are you going to drive it to you can drive it nowhere because if you step out without a good reason they would arrest you for violating the lockdown the 21 day lockdown they will arrest you so you realize that all these things are limited in their usefulness to our lives they are only useful because we have life Hallelujah. And therefore, let us not reduce Christianity to, 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 to the natural things that we can see. In fact, God is invisible. And everything about him and where he is and what is important to him is not visible. And therefore, we need to present Jesus. Listen to preaching that presents to you Jesus and what Jesus said exactly as it's in the Bible. And helps you to understand. So And encourages you to pay the price. To pay the price. There is a price to pay. For every good thing in this life. How much more for eternal things. How much more for that which is invisible. Which is eternal. There must be a price to pay. Don't let anybody deceive you. And water down the gospel. As if there's no price to pay. So spend time by devices that allows you to listen to preaching all around you because faith
comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And then also spend time, spend time to commune with God and to exercise your faith. Jesus described or said in Luke chapter 18, the Bible says, and he spake a parable unto this end that men always ought to pray and not faint. And the parable he gave was about a judge, an unjust judge, who fears no man and does not fear God, but a widow who persistently went to him. He said to himself, let me answer, because if not, this widow will worry me. And Jesus said, how much more? If an unjust judge is willing to answer because of the woman's persistence. How much more God who loves you. You don't, once you come to him, he wants, he wants to help you more than you want him to help you. But he asks a question, when a son of man comes, will he find faith on earth? In other words, prayer, a person who prays, a person who carries every burden to God in prayer, is a person who is exercising his faith. Talking to a God who cannot be seen. And believing and knowing that that God hears him. And therefore, it's very important to have these three things happening in your life. And thank God that this season, some of us will never have been able to be home for even three days. To sign a three days leave is a problem. We always have to negotiate with our boss. But by the grace of God, we have the chance to work from home. We have the chance to be home. This is a time for you to work hard on building your faith. Because by your faith, you are going to overcome the world. By your faith, you will be what God has ordained your life to be. The Bible says we are saved by grace. And the verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 2, there are works that God has ordained that we should walk in. Your life is meant to walk in certain works of God as a believer, as somebody who loves God, as somebody that is loved by God. You are supposed to, and this is what Satan wants to, to prevent and to stop your life from being what God has called it to be. And by your faith, you will be able to overcome every effort of Satan. Therefore, it is very important to build your faith. Whatever it will cost you to build your faith, you have to build it. Because it is only by your faith that you would become what God wants you to be. It is only by your faith that you would experience the goodness of God. As this season is on, many things are going to happen that is going to test your faith. Your finances is going to be tested depending on who you are and what work you do. Some of us are going to lose our jobs because of the economic impact of the shutdown. But a person of faith would trust God and know that God is able to keep you and would, would, would sustain you and would accomplish that which he has said concerning your life with or without job for a, for a season. Having a job is not everything. It's something, but it's not everything. 
Having the word of God is everything. Because Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Therefore, your faith, your trust, your, 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 de- your dependence on God's faithfulness is going to be called into question in this season. Definitely, some of us are going to be challenged in many ways. Many things, we all don't know how long this lockdown is going to be and it's the ramifications that are going to come after all these things. But what I know is that God is still God. He's still on his throne. And he would do all things beautiful in his time. And therefore, you need, your faith is going to be tested and it must be exercised. And to trust God that will come what may, I will still sail through. I'll survive. I'll receive wisdom. I'll receive guidance. How to live after this episode. Some of us are going to, through faith, you are going to receive the wisdom of God. Many things that have deceived you and has caused your life or has caused you to make unnecessary expenses. Some of you are receiving so much money, yet you have so little to show for because you are deceived into spending spending it in a way but I believe through this season the wisdom of God will find you and deliver you and you'll be wiser financially in your expense going forward and you it will turn out to make you a richer person when this is all over I believe that it's a season that anxiety is going to be created but we have been told that be anxious for nothing. Jesus said in in the book of Matthew, I think 6, 6 verse 8, 19, that don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has an, has an owner. The owner of tomorrow is God. Verse 25, 625. It says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? How true is this statement? How true is this statement? If you didn't believe it, see the reaction of the world to what threatens life. Coronavirus is not threatening to, it's not an earthquake that is threatening to pull down our buildings, our tall skyscrapers, our wonderful shopping malls. No, it has no power. What it threatens is life. And the reaction of the world, the world that does not believe God and does not believe in God, is afraid of dying. And therefore, they are abandoning what they prided themselves in for safety. 
the things that they held dear, the factories, the businesses, the markets, the financial, whatever, whatever they call it. It's almost like, let whatever would come to come, let us stop this virus from killing us. Is life not more than all these things? Yes, it is more than all these things. And the world is proving to us that Jesus is not a liar. Jesus told us that life is more than all these things. Is it true or not? Look at the reaction of the world to what threatens life. Look at the reaction of the world. To, it's not, coronavirus is threatening nothing but life. And we are willing to throw out everything to preserve life. In other words, we are proving God that, and we are proving Jesus that he's so true that life is more than meat. Life is more than raiment. Life is more than stock exchange. Life is more than factories. Life is more than skyscrapers. We don't believe God. You better believe him now. And he's saying to you that don't be afraid. Because if God has preserved you against coronavirus, whatever is left is nothing for him. This is where your faith is called into play. Yes, your natural senses and the natural world around you would give you an information. But your faith would include other information that is not available to your natural senses. We see this ability to know more than is visible when Jesus encountered the high priest in John chapter 19 verse 10. They asked Jesus, Answereth not the high priest. John chapter 19 verse 10. Then said Pilate unto him, Speaketh thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and power to release thee? Now you see, Jesus' reaction towards Pilate, towards the high priest, was not based on his knowledge of what is the natural. His, his, his reaction was not based on the knowledge of what is visible. But it included what is not visible. And so it made him react appropriately and did not bow to what he should not bow to. You see, many of us sometimes get into trouble. Many of us sometimes find ourselves in difficulties. But we soon bow to the wrong throne. We soon seek the help of the wrong place. Why? Because we evaluate everything based on the natural. Based on what is seen. 
So in this case, Jesus was being asked and being told that, don't you know that this is the high priest? He has power to release you. So try and be nice to him. We know that maybe you have not been, you are being accused wrongly. So try and present your case to him so that by his decision, you can be freed. But Jesus said something because of what Jesus knew, which actually is in the realm of the invisible. He said, the power that you have is not power from you, but power that has been given to you. So you are, if I want to negotiate, you are not the person to negotiate with. I've negotiated with the person I need to negotiate with already, and it is settled. So I don't need to talk to you. I don't need to answer you. I don't need to say anything to you because I have prayed already. I have spoken to the invisible God and he has told me what must happen and I've agreed with him. So I'm not here to answer you. The power you have, he says, thou couldest have no power against me except it were given thee from above except it was given thee from above. The New Living Translation says, you would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. So the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. In other words, the power you have over me is the power that is not from you. So if I want that power to decide in my favor. You are not the person I need to talk to. But you see, you can only say this when you know the realm from which he has received this power to crucify you. And it's a power given to him from above. You're pleading with him. Your negotiations with him will not make it change because it has been set in heaven. That is why Jesus told Peter, I will give you the gate, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. When a thing has happened in heaven, it cannot be changed on earth. It can only be changed in heaven. So you see, we, we see clearly here once again what faith can do. Faith takes you to the appropriate place for negotiation. And therefore, in the same way, as we go through these difficulties, these changes, be anxious for nothing. The place where you need to talk to, the place where you need to negotiate, has already given you evidence in your favor. That's what Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. That the life that has been given to you is more than what is left. So you have no reason to worry. Wow, what a good preach, a good revelation we have received of Jesus Christ. I believe this season is a time of deep reflection on the words of Jesus. Because we can see clearly that everything that Jesus said is so true, is so true, is so clear. You know. The season is making the light of the word brighter. 
is making the light of the world brighter. And I pray for you that you would see the truth as the light gets brighter. You will not be blinded by the God of this world through distractions of thinking about yourself and what are you going to do, what is going to happen to your school fees, what is going to Listen, God who has given you life would give you everything. That is where you need to negotiate. And Jesus is saying, you don't need to fret. Because where power is and where things are orchestrated is in your favor. By the evidence of it is a life that has been given to you. I believe God is speaking to us to build our faith. Because it is only by our faith that we can please him. And the Bible says, if a man's ways pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Jesus said, Therefore, does my father love me because I always do what pleases him. John eight twenty nine. I always do what pleases him. Pleasing God is very crucial. Pleasing God is everything. Because when you please him, many things would come your way naturally. He said, he that sent me is with me. He's with me. He's with me. Why? I'm not alone because I always do things that please him. And the one who has sent me or the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me for I always do what pleases him. Oh, wow. And faith, your faith would make you always please God. And when God is with you, who can be against you? When God is for you, who can stand before you? I pray that the Lord by his spirit would help you in this season. And as you are listening to this message, you don't have a relationship with God. This is an opportunity for you to turn to God by receiving, by believing in Jesus Christ as a son of God who was sent to die for you and for me, for our sins, that through him we would be reunited with God when we receive the forgiveness of our sins and we receive the righteousness which is of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to God but by me. He also said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's a time. It's time for you to give your life to Jesus. It's time for you to declare your faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. He is the only way. There is no other way. Therefore, give your life to Jesus. Let us pray. Pray this prayer with me if you want to give your life to Jesus. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this moment. Thank you for loving me just as I am. And I come to you just as I am. I have no excuse. I have no reason. I have no argument for going astray from your rulership. From going astray from your leadership. But today, I have come to you just as I am, without one plea. I ask you, O God, to forgive me of my sins as I receive Jesus Christ as your son who came to die for me. By his blood, I ask for forgiveness of my sins and I ask for cleansing of the guilt of my sins. I receive him as your son and declare with my mouth that he came and died for me and rose again on the third day. By this prayer, Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit that I may follow you, that I may look unto you all the days of my life. From today, Satan, I am no longer your servant because I'm a child of God through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for loving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Father, thank you for everyone that has heard your word today. It's my prayer that by your Spirit, you will give them more insight, more understanding into your word that was shared. As they make every effort to build their faith, let your help arrive in their lives that they will be successful in building their faith. Touch their hearts to grow in love for your word, to desire and to seek after you, to dwell daily in your presence and to inquire in your temple. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that every work of darkness in this season shall not prosper because your word declares that no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against us is condemned. Thank you that every evil that is spoken and planned against your children is crushed and condemned. In the name of Jesus we pray. We have life. We have health. Thank you that we, our faith is growing stronger as we exercise it in this season. We thank you for everything. And we thank you for life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platforms.